0: Hi.
1: Welcome. Hi.
0: You had a sat. Hello. Hi, Billy. Hi
1: there, Tess. How are you?
0: I have a cup of tea at Billy's house. We were just discussing off mic how tired we are and how we are
1: crawling, crawling to the end of the year. The end of the year. Just barely.
0: Um, yeah, we're creeping. <laughs>
1: creeping I'm, on all fours. Or I'm tumble
0: sure. weeding. Yes. Um, I do feel unusually tired, but I'm going to pep up for this. Our ninth pod. Ninth? That's um, Yeah.
1: In two years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I have some stats for you. Huh? Because I wrote here, yeah. setting the scene.
1: Oh, good. She's <laughs> setting the scene. Folks.
0: It's the end of the year. Yes. Award season's kicking off. Mm. It's time to pause. Okay. Give each other some rom-com gifts. Yes. And remind ourselves that the whole year hasn't been totally shit. Not at all. We have had, as I say, so this is pod number nine, okay? Yeah. And I, I went to our server, which is Pippa, our host, rather, right. and we've had nearly 40,000 downloads hey. in total. Okay. We've had, which works out as 4,000 downloads per pod hmm. since we began in March 15th, 2017. Well, bravo. And this year, hmm. there was something like 15 romantic comedies released, so you do the maths,
1: hmm.
0: I've done it for you, we are the reason for the revival.
1: Well, I thought that was obvious. Okay, fine. Yeah, okay.
0: Um, so last time we talked about, oh, last time, what did we talk about? (laughs) Oh, we did the rom-com like, we did exactly what I've just said. We talked about the revival and how we were responsible for it. Okay, fine. So let's, why don't you tell me before we do our actual content, why don't you tell me about your rom-com life since we last spoke? Do you well, have come, any news? Yes. Well, the,
1: the one thing is, I think I did say last time that HarperCollins has signed off on this new edition of my Writing the Romantic I think you book. did. Did yeah. you?
0: I don't know. Did you say that or did you just say it on Twitter? Maybe you did I say it. I think we it. talked about okay. it because it's I bragged con-
1: that I was going to get famous screenwriter Tess Morris to be Correct. interviewed. I remember that. that very well. Yes. Um, so I've been working on that and that's been really fantastic fun. Um, But it's a lot of work because I'm looking at a lot of movies. And, of course, I ask people, what are your favorite romantic comedies? And it's bizarre. I mean, the total subjectivity of it all, like something that I love, many people would hate. Somebody loves a certain movie that I just can't imagine why that would be on a list. And do you think
0: as well, because since you wrote, because all the ones that are in your current book mm -hmm. are all pretty... Um, lovable standard. We love this movie. Yeah, most I, of the I ones feel like that I, I used. feel like yeah, yeah, yeah. So is this time around because there's so many more to choose from?
1: Well, it's and very different because of all the stuff that happened in the 20 years. You know, yeah, because there was
0: no Apatow, there was yeah, no. Yeah, it was a
1: very different. Like, I mean, that's the thing. Looking back and seeing the difference is quite shocking, in terms of what was going on then and where we are. But at any rate, so that's that's what I've been mainly doing. And, uh, I'm so very
0: excited for that. When will it be out again?
1: Uh, early 2020.
0: When do you get to interview me? When should I prepare myself? Uh, early next year. Great. I'll be ready. Yeah. I'll be, oh not be tired.
1: I, I, I'll be really, Yeah.
0: no, I'll I, be super be awake, as they say here. Okay, super woke. Sup, super, oh, no, awake, not woke. I mean, Well, yeah, we know okay. you're woke. We I mean, know I'm woke. <laughs>
1: I think of you as super woke. Super myself. woke. So, super awake woke. Yes. Yes. So, and the other thing I did was celebrate my 10th wedding anniversary with my lovely wife, Judith. I know. Been for 12 years. And you
0: uh, went off and had a great weekend in we a hotel. We had a staycation
1: in <laughs> a hotel. We had made great plans to go romping around the city. Of course, all we did was stay in the hotel <laughs> and then go out for occasional meals, which was quite Lovely.
0: I really love the fact that that's what you did. for it. What, 10 years, did you say? Yeah, you well, see? 10 years
1: married, 12 years together. 12
0: years together, okay. I mean, it's like, you know, and then can you tell the story uh, you told me about when you were having your drinks and those um, the, the, the young women were talking to you and then as uh-huh. you... <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: well, yeah, we were up at the, um, we were on the rooftop bar of our hotel, which was Nomad downtown, and um, these two lovely young ladies, I would say early 20s, uh, were up there. They were doing a rooftop tour. They were going from, you know, bar to bar around the city, and they struck up a conversation with Judith and I uh, apropos of nothing. They just, at one point, leaned over and said, do you live around here? And I said, no, but, you know, we, we're here for now. And So we were talking, this, that, and the other thing. We had this whole conversation, and Judith and I got up to leave, and they you know, bid them goodbye, sudden best friends. And we went to the elevator, and I'm just puzzling over it. And I'm looking at Dude, and I'm saying, Why do you suppose those two women decided to talk to us? And then I caught sight of the two of us in a mirror by the elevator, and I suddenly realized, Oh, we've become that cute elderly couple. <laughs> Because <laughs> we both got grey or white hair. Right. And, you know, we both wear glasses and we're the same size and we're short. So, you know, there
0: it is. I, I feel like when you told me that story, it struck me as like the beginning of a of a silver dollar rom-com.
1: You know, oh, the sure. one where they're
0: like, hang on a minute. We're, yeah. We are we're not, not those people. <laughs> we are not
1: old. And then hijinks ensue. Exactly. So I yes. think you should write that.
0: Okay. Okay. So you've actually had quite a romantic couple of months. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm quite see. into that.
0: Mm-hmm. I, well, I had a meltdown on the last pod, didn't I? Do you
1: remember? Yes, a bit of one.
0: Meltdown about what I'm supposed to write about as a privileged white woman mm-hmm. and how I don't want to write about any of that. And do you remember I was talking about writing a movie about trying to find what to write about? Yes. Um, and that was that felt like actually interesting and not just just me moaning on about my romantic life. Um, so I sold, I sold and I, I sold a movie pitch. So I, that's so there, that's, I have actually been writing a movie for the past eight weeks. So I feel like at least I'm coming to the end of the year with like a script finished and a new script on the way.
1: Yeah.
0: I feel like that's something, isn't it? Oh,
1: well, it's more than something. It's <laughs> a lot of something.
0: Um, oh, I went off and did a writing retreat in Ojai um, with Michaela Watkins, Cat, my friend from Casual, um, which was great. And we made each other watch romantic comedies um, that we hadn't seen. So uh, she uh, screened Crossing Delancey for oh. me, which oh. was
1: uh, great. A, yeah. it's, it's
0: very sweet. It's a yes, very it sweet, nice movie mm-hmm. um, that I enjoyed very much. And I made her watch Something's Gotta Give,
1: <laughs> which is a very good movie. <laughs> you know, underrated.
0: I realise. I think it is very underrated, but I realised watching with someone who'd never seen it before just how ridiculous it actually is. But I don't care. Like, I love that. Um, So we had a lot of fun doing that. So we decided for the content of this pod to do what we did last Christmas when I gave you my heart and Mm -hmm. the very next day you gave it away. Um, we decide we're going to gift each other some rom-com things. What did we gift each other? Well, oh, moments. last year. But last year, we you know what? My memory's gone, but we did this last year. We, we gifted each We gifted each other something last yeah. year. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time, we're just going to gift each other some lovely rom-com moments that we feel like maybe that we love that might have been forgotten or that need readdressing or looking at, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll do that. And then we will talk about um, our favourite rom-com of this year. Mm-hmm. Each. Maybe we'll have the same one. Who knows? Uh, and then we'll do some brief rom-com resolutions for 2019.
1: Right. I forgot to do that, but I'll well, make some up.
0: You can make some up on the spot, yes. or you can have one of mine. Right. That's fine. Okay, I want you to go first, because I've done a lot of talking now. Would you like to gift me... Yes. Your first yes. rom-com moment that yes. we can break down. I will gift you... Let's see. What shall I gift you first?
1: Well, let's start off with a, a classic, a gem. Um, I discussed it in my book, but Nonetheless, I don't know if you've had the exquisite pleasure of revisiting it, but smack dab in the middle <clears throat> of Howard Hawks' is Bringing Up Baby, there's a moment where Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn and the dog Asta <laughs> sing I Can't Give You Anything But Love to a leopard who's <laughs> on the roof of a building because it's the only song he responds to and they're trying to get him down. And uh, they start to sing and harmonies abound. Bye.
0: I don't think we can legally play this so I have to talk over it. Can we do well, 30 seconds?
1: <laughs> so the thing is, the dog starts in with them and the leopard. So they're all singing together. <laughs> Look at that doggy. And it's the cutest dog and they are the sweetest. And it's always been one of my favourite moments in any romantic comedy ever because it's not plot, mm-hmm. it's not character, it's, not, it's just sheer joy. You know, it's some lunatic, silly idea that the screenwriters had. And yet you see it on the screen. And every time I see it, I just it just fills me. It's like helium. I just go, oh, God, it's good to be. Alive.
0: Where does it come in the
1: movie? Somewhere in the middle. Right. Right. Yeah, so the it's a kind out.
0: of like little beat. Because, you know what? I haven't seen Bringing Up Baby for. No, no, I've seen it. <laughs> Don't panic, Billy's face. But I probably haven't seen it for maybe yeah. a good 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. I should probably re-watch it. Is Bring Up the Baby the one where the cute meat, she has her dress stuck in the back of her...
1: Um... That's not the cute meat, but that scene is in there. Yes, yes, right, the yeah. Dress. yeah. Stuck in he her underwear. And he rips the dress, yeah.
0: Yes, yes.
1: And, or rather, she does because she's pulling away from him. she's... Well, first he tears his coat and says, "Oh, you've torn your coat." Right. Uh, and, and yes. So that sequence is in there, but the cute meat is actually on a golf course. Yes, of course. She yeah, gets yeah. his ball and pretends yeah. that thinks that it's hers. And, you know. So
0: this scene is more like them. It's it's. They're it,
1: hunting the, the baby. They're trying to find the leopard, and so it's just a sort of a moment within a larger, you know, sequence of. You know.
0: So it does have a plot based.
1: Yeah, it has a plot-based idea in that they're trying to get the leopard down from the roof, and he loves that song, The Leopard.
0: I think it's always interesting, isn't it, though, for people like, who want to, like, when you think about those scenes in movies and how they, you know, it seems like a throwaway moment, doesn't it? It seems like, oh, we're just going to get them to sing a song or whatever, but it's really figuring out how they earned your emotions in that scene,
1: you know yes. what I mean. Well, and if you really want to get you know analytical about it, it's a moment of bonding for the two of them who have been sort of adversarial, and you know, there's there's that.
0: So, yeah, so they are they are united oh, yeah, yeah. in there.
1: The movie would definitely lose something if it wasn't there.
0: Well, I like that, and it's actually making me want to go back and revisit that movie because I actually not that it's. I mean, it's a rom com of sorts, but it's a lot more dramatic. I recently rewatched um, the African Queen, mm. which is. I mean, I, don't, I It's technically. It's I mean, a drama. It's, it's a drama. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it reminded me just how much I love Catherine Hepburn. Okay. Full yeah. stop. Anyway, yeah. um, and just that she plays those women in such a. She's so committed to not being a any particular type of woman other than herself, yeah. which I yeah, think yeah. is like amazing. Okay, so bring up, baby. My first gift to you uh, is actually the Tootsie setup. Because I I basically decided that I needed to, I was having a bit of a meltdown about another another meltdown (laughs) about writing. And I thought, oh, I need to read some really, really good first 15 pages of screenplays. Mm -hmm. So I thought, right, pick my favourite ones. So I thought, right, I'm going to find a draft of Tootsie online and read Mm -hmm. it. And then obviously, inevitably, I end up like reading the entire script. But actually, the draft that I found online, it's really interesting. It's a really good thing to do as a writer, I think. Because sometimes you sort of, when you actually read it, there are lots of things that are not in the final version. Sure. There are, it's very overwritten at points. It's, you know, so it's not like yeah. you read it and go, oh, my God, it's the perfect. I mean, it is right. the perfect screenplay. But at the but, same time, yeah, yeah. there's a lot of stuff that got cut and got left. So I actually am just, I chose the, the, the scene where Dustin Hoffman comes in to Sidney Pollack, to his agents. Oh,
1: God, what a great scene. It is oh, a scene.
0: perfect scene. Yes. Um, With
1: the perfect last line.
0: Uh, yeah, no one, nobody will hire what you. <laughs> you. <laughs> so the scene—if I mean, everyone should have seen it—but the scene is Dustin Hoffman bowling into his agent's uh, office, basically because he hasn't got any work and he's—he's des- he's like, get, "Get me a job." My favourite line in it is actually when he says, "Hang on, I'm—I'm I'm talking to the coast," and he says, "New York is a coast too." <laughs> yeah. okay. um, but. It's such a great example of exposition, that whole scene, um, disguised in brilliant... As an argument. dialogue and as an argument, yeah. Yeah. And every door is closed to uh, Michael Dorsey, to to Dustin Hoffman's character, from the Mm get-go. So he's saying i need to get work i you know i'm not going to put on my play you know my my roommate's play and like i'll play a vegetable i'll be like i've been performing in syracuse and at every point sydney pollack his agent is basically going no 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 so we understand that not not only is he a very difficult man to you know to work for that's why he's not getting hired dustin hoffman because he's difficult and he's he's getting in his own way as you say in your work uh but on top of that their banter is, is basically oh, like a,
1: that's great. A screwball rom-com conversation. Well, like the vegetable moment where he says, I, I could, I played vegetables. I, I played an anti salad. I was a tomato. Yeah. And, and Bala <laughs> goes, yes. And you said, and you lost the commercial because you said a tomato can't walk. <laughs> and he can hop and gets very defensive and says well. But we keep, tomatoes don't walk. Yeah. Kind of, yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, and, but the whole, I mean, I, it's, that's all in the script by the way. Mm-hmm. So I imagine that it wasn't massively ad libbed, which is also mm-hmm. nice to know. Um, um, but it is the it's. I think it's like a four minute scene or something, and it's just those two going yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. It's
1: just. Fantastic.
0: And he says nobody will hire you, and he says no one in New York. He says no nobody anywhere. anywhere. <laughs> and then it's so great because it's that hard cut. As soon as he says I'm, I tell you you think I'm not can't be hired, and then it's the hard cut to him dressed as Dorothy as a woman walking through the streets of Manhattan with on the, the way to the audition with the, the way, music yeah. up. Yeah. So I like it. He says get some therapy to him as well, and really it's actually very thematic because he is going to get some therapy by playing a woman and starting to understand women better. Well, and
1: that's also a setup for a great gag later because when he shows up at Sardi's and sits down in the booth with him as Dorothy, there's a moment he says, I told you to get therapy. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I mean, it's a perfect movie anyway, but I thought it was a good example of... Because I think the hardest thing in a screenplay, well, we all know this, is the first, you know... 15 pages to get to get us into it and to yeah. be like who are these people and mm-hmm. what is this world and why do we care about them and i think tootsie is just a brilliant example of that so that's my first gift to you second one to me please now
1: oh okay second gift um let's see um he's picking it under the tree everyone has. yes all right well this one i want to give you the, um, it's one line of dialogue okay okay and to me, it's just sheer brilliance. And with it, I'll give you the whole script. But it's Aaron Altman, played by Albert Brooks, in broadcast news. Perfect. He's on the phone with Holly Hunter. And he says, oh, I'll meet you at the place near the thing where we went that time. <laughs> and to me, that is just sheer freaking genius. Because only the best of friends would be able... To understand no, yeah. and know what that means, and you get just from that one line of dialogue how close they are, how long they've been together, what it's all about. And to me, it's just like Mwah. when does that come? Is that come? Is
0: that when the? Oh, it's at least
1: early second act. I right, think, right. You know,
0: that's such a great line, isn't it? It like because also, I mean, I know it's Albert Brooks saying it as well, but you're right. It's that shorthand between characters where
1: we mm-hmm. know. Like, she doesn't even have to question. If if I heard somebody, if I was passing somebody on the street and they were on their cell phone and I heard them say that to someone, I would know. I'd know that, oh, this is his best friend. Yeah. You know, and it, it's the whole nature of their relationship. So with that, I give you all of the dialogue in broadcast news because there's so many good lines. <laughs> when I looked this up, I, I started, you know, reading things like when... Uh, Uh, Paul Moore says to an employee now if there's anything I can do for you and the employee who's just been fired says well I certainly hope you'll die soon (laughs) you know it's just like every other page and and then in in another scene there's the great Albert Brooks wouldn't this be a great world if insecurity and desperation made us more attractive If, (laughs) if needy were a turn on and just one thing after another uh, it's just full of... It's a... Just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant.
0: That movie you know. as well. The, I mean, I know we ha- we often have spoken of broadcast news, but I always think about that film in terms of... Um, it's... She doesn't end up with either of them. No. It very much poses this question of the handsome, charming, ambitious guy versus the nice guy that just loves her without any... You know, in the friend zone. Yeah, in the friend zone. And... The final scene of that movie where she, you know, they all meet up and Albert Brooks has got a kid that looks exactly like him, and William Hurt is married to, like, of course, the woman that he would be married to. That's
1: my version of The Way We Were ending. Yeah, right, you know, yes. It's the one that gets. Oh me my god,
0: god I wish that happened at the end of The Way We Were. <laughs> yeah. I rewatched, did I tell you when I rewatched The no. Way We Were recently? Oh. <laughs> um,
1: masochist.
0: I well no, I mean there's lots of great stuff there's in that movie. In it, yes, but yes, but I exclaimed at the end fuck you, Hubble. I was like, this is, yeah. like, exactly. She should be the one that's got the great husband and except whatever. Yeah. No. Um, but, yes, it has got that. And also Holly Hunter, by the end, she's fine. Yeah. Like, yeah. she is not, like, there's, she's not looking at the two men going, oh, did I make a mistake? Right. She's looking at the both going, I did exactly the right thing by yeah, not going with she, either of you two She has men. accepted her fate. She has. She is so... Every line in that movie is is like you say. I mean, you, I mean Albert Brooks's lines you can quote, but she gets some great lines as well. Oh, the yeah, ones. and and they it also again talking about setup in that film. It's so interesting when they because like the way that they set it up is they do the flashbacks to when they were younger and they establish who the they public, are, yeah. which now you'd get called out on and be like, oh, don't do that, whatever. But actually, it's there's Holly Hunter's like setup. She's in that old kind of like sort of like jacket windbreaker thing and she's march. she's speedwalking as an it was when she's an adult and she's speedwalking like and she picks up every single copy of the newspaper that right. are in the all things all the different, all the different ones yeah. and even the way when you should read the piece of dialogue actually in the script about that the prose describing the scene is amazing mm. because mm. it just basically says she's wearing the kind of windbreaker that like she got on a favorite trip to it's very very specific mm. um that's another great Tootsie, read. Like, I think those are two scripts that if you want to know how to really set up your movies, read those. I'm very happy with that line as my gift, and I shall text you it, and you can come <laughs> okay. and meet me at the place. Yeah. My second gift to you is a five minute work of genius uh, from Muriel's Wedding. Huh. So I chose the cute meet in Muriel's Wedding between her and Rhonda um, because I, I actually think it's the most brilliant set piece sequence of, of, of recent modern times i'm being quite grandiose um so do you remember it no okay but so I, I
1: only saw it when it first was released sorry me. what yeah i've only seen it once i <laughs> you, tess is going into some state of shock here
0: i mean um, i've seen Mirror's maybe 20 times yeah well
1: wow i'm ready to see it again
0: Okay, well, I'm just going to remind you. Mm-hmm. You what? Yes, yeah, see it immediately. Like, oh well, yeah, Billy. Yeah, that's weird. You, I'm just going to pretend you. I'm going to pretend you've watched it many times with me. But um, <laughs> so she has gone off to Hibiscus Island, Muriel, on the holiday she wasn't invited to. Mm-hmm. So she's there at this very in this very fancy, you know, buffet kind of thing, and she's alone. And all of the friends that are mean to her are sat across the other side of the room doing their thing. And she bumps into Rhonda, who was an old schoolmate who went to school with her. And it it changes everything for Muriel. It changes, meeting Rhonda changes Muriel's entire life. Mm. Um, and that's why it is 100% romantic comedy between them. Mm. Um, and... Rhonda says to her in that moment, oh, my God, how are you and all this sort of stuff. And then she says, oh, my God, are you, are you still friends with those basically those bitches from school? And God, I would love to see them again because I have so much I'd want to say to them. And Mira says, I do see them again. They're, they're sitting over there. <laughs> and then there's this hard cut to the next. This all happens in this is all four minutes, by the way. There's a hard cut and they go back there by the swimming pool and Rhonda goes over and says hello to them. And the mean girls invite her into their group. And Rhonda turns around and basically tells them the truth about one of the girls having an affair with the other one's husband. And there's this amazing cut to where the girl's got a black eye and Muriel and Rhonda are then doing their Waterloo ABBA routine. Mm. And it all descends into them dancing, doing their crazy like ABBA stuff, and then the two, people, the two girls, Mean Girls, having a massive physical fight at the end of the scene. Now, all of that happens in, I think it's four minutes and 37
1: seconds.
0: <laughs> and when I was re-watching it, I... I realised, like, like, a lot of movies now would take maybe 15 minutes mm-hmm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they do it in such a way that, as Rhonda is saying to Muriel, oh, these people are awful, uh, you can see... Tony Killett's acting is brilliant, and you can see her suddenly going, this is the first person that has ever said something to me that is making me go, oh, my God, it's my whole life... I've been thinking that I'm in the wrong and that I'm the terrible person. Oh, yeah. And suddenly you're telling me that these right. people are awful and now I have permission. Right. And it's such a brilliant romantic friendship kind of moment mm-hmm. because she doesn't even say anything. She's just mm-hmm. sort of listening to her go. Mm-hmm. And she's so, Rachel Griffith, who plays Rhonda, is so full of energy and dynamic kind of like control in the whole movie. And then from then onwards, it's about their friendship you know mm-hmm. Rhonda is the one that drives her to do everything and they yeah. end up together at the end you know yeah, as yeah. friends so um so well, yes well
1: thank you so much because that, there really is a gift because now i will go and watch that film again
0: it, i mean because the, the like, fact that you see uh, it once is so concerning to me <laughs> <And> <laughs> i know it's a
1: seminal work for you it
0: you know it say, really yes. is mm-hmm. it's the first move and when you watch it i like the way it, because it's real women being real flawed people right. and you really it's really emotional movie mm-hmm. like you know her, anyway yeah you rewatch it.
1: Well, in, in the new edition of the book I'm doing a whole section on bromances and for want of a better word womances mm-hmm. and that is to me a quintessential woman. oh
0: it's so, 100% you know. it's a yeah. it's, and, and it really is script wise um, there is not a wasted minute in that movie and it you know ratt- rattles along I don't know what I'm talking about
1: today yeah. you're great uh, when you get drunk, honey Why don't you get drunk
0: with me no more
1: You know it's been good You've been my gushing, Uncle Honey
0: So why do you forget this time And lock the back porch door Okay. Alright. you'll get to Let's me, see. please.
1: Um... Well, okay, this, this would be, to my mind, the modern-day equivalent of the bringing-up-baby scene, but it's, it's infinitely more romantic, and I've always loved it. Um, the karaoke scene from Lost in uh. Translation. The thing that I love about it, again, is you see two people understanding that they've fallen in love with each other, and there's no dialogue. It's just her singing some karaoke... Him singing some karaoke and it's totally in the interplay of their looks and just the back and forth and the shots of them on screen and it climaxes afterwards in that wonderful i think they used it in a lot of publicity photos that shot of the of him sitting in the chair and her leaning her head on his shoulder with the pink pink wig on where if you looked at them you would just think oh what a great couple And, of course, it's a movie about how they can't be a couple and they never will be a couple. And so there's something so, to me, almost unbearably poignant about that.
0: And for one of the dogs.
1: (laughs) And for Thomas the Terrier. Uh, Just because it's just so beautiful to watch it happen. And it seems so real and authentic for both of them. And you believe it. And it's really touching. And you kind of want to be there with them and share this moment. And there's other people in the room who are funny and fun. And it's just the feel of it is what I think everybody likes to think they would get in a romantic moment.
0: Yes. You know? Yeah. It's, inter- it's interesting because when you said it's the moment they fall in love, I've actually never... No, not
1: the moment they fall in love. Oh. I, I see it as the moment they acknowledge that they love oh,
0: each other. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. But do you think it's romantic love?
1: Well, it's romantic love that can't go that way. I mean, that whole right. movie is about basically an affair that doesn't happen.
0: Yeah, you know, so. I. You see, I. That's interesting. I don't always read it as that. I mm. read it as a movie about two people that. Um, I read it much more about friendship. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: two. I like. I remember the first time I saw it, being so concerned in that moment where they go back to the hotel room and they're on the bed and all I could think was, oh, my God, please, nothing happened. Please, this will ruin the whole movie for me right. if anything physical happens right. between them. What,
1: what does happen is he puts his hand on her foot. He does. And that's
0: huge. You see, <laughs> but that feels fatherly and paternal to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I...
1: Yeah, no, especially because of the conversation. He, he is being portrayed, Yeah. He's telling her that she's not as bad as she thinks she's. Yeah. Just,
0: yeah. Every time I watch that movie, I essentially have a different reaction to it. Mm-hmm. I think I've said this mm-hmm. before. The first time I felt like I... I mean, I've seen it many times now, but initially I felt I really, like, recognized and responded to her. More recently, I feel like I've recognized and responded to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, yeah, there's definitely, like, a side to that movie that I think is endlessly... You can analyze it.
1: Yeah, like endlessly yeah it's very, very open ended yeah. and for me it's similar to Muriel's Wedding is to you meaning I could live in that movie yes I mean I've seen it I can't even count how many times and to me it's just it's perfect yeah I the don't... world of it is just exquisite
0: I yeah with I think as well with Lost in Translation probably the reason that we Well, I don't know about you, but I definitely respond to it because it feels a bit like it's not the right comparison to make because Something's Got to Give is such a different movie. But you can tell they're so personal to the women who wrote those movies. Mm -hmm. You know, Sophia Coppola, Mm -hmm. we all know since, that really, really was her existence and her life. And it's the same with Something's Got to Give, that Diane Keaton is essentially playing Nancy Myers in that movie. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's why they, to me, are their finest movies because they are so unequivocally about them and their romantic sure, experiences sure. totally but personal. but i think them i think in that karaoke it's because everyone loves a karaoke scene but that one somehow is because they're not that great at singing oh, you know like terrible. what's happened now is that like people now
1: are really good or they do this amazing yeah, oh, performance no, no. bill murray is oh, he's bad he's just so awful. Flat. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's what makes it so sweet yeah no that's a great one. Oh, i love that movie um, By the way, some students, some cinema studies grad students, should do a dissertation on Lost in Translation and Her. Yes. In terms of the conversation. Well, they're, they're, I think we
0: said, yeah, they're definitely a rebuttal
1: <laughs> to each other. Yeah.
0: Okay, so my third gift to you, just get it out from under the tree. Is actually this one is it's for you, but it's also for Laura Barton, my very dear okay. friend, who you know and have I'm happy met. to share
1: with Laura. Yes,
0: um, this one is a uh, Baby Boom. Uh, And it is the, as we call it, the fridge kiss. Oh, yes. So can we just talk? I mean, I can see, like, Mm. when was the last time you saw Baby Boom?
1: Many years. But I recently read my friend Manola Dargas' article about what the movies have taught her about women. Oh, and And there was a whole discourse on... That kind of a kiss and the aggressiveness. It, the, her article, which is fascinating reading, is about literally just what the movies were saying, were teaching her about what it is to be a woman. Right. And right. saying that evidently this kind of a kiss, where a man is very aggressive and physically strong and overpowers the woman, right? That's considered. That's what. That's the way a man is supposed.
0: Oh, to Oh, interesting. A woman. Yeah, I totally hear that. So that was Tabitha having a right old scratch. There are three dogs in this room, just to mm-hmm. set the scene. Um. Interesting. I, I'm i coming at it from a much more um, feminist... Not more feminist, rather. A different feminist angle. Because yes. I totally can see what your friend is saying. Um, but it's actually like a... <laughs> Winston. Oh, yeah. Baby Boom is actually quite a... Um, it's really a movie. It, it, she, the man does not save her. The man isn't. Sam Shepard is a total addendum to, to right. her existence right. in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and... He um, he. The fridge. This fridge kiss that I'm referring to comes an hour into the movie. Um, I'm not even going to tell people what Baby Boom is about because everyone knows what Baby Boom is about. But um, Diane Keaton's character in it, J.C. Wyatt, um, she is she's you know she's a businesswoman who like loves her job and then you know inherits this 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 baby that she doesn't really want. And actually, the movie is uh, really about her romancing herself. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not really about a man in any way, shape or form. And that's sort of what I... Sorry. It's not really about any of those things. It's about her finding herself and what she wants in life. Right. And... She there's three cute meets really with Sam Shepard. There is um the initial one where in, in his off in the vets, well he's actually a vet, but she thinks mm-hmm. he's a doctor and she overshares. Okay. Um, there's one in the library where mm. she like is really annoyed with him because he's so good looking and charming and she's actually quite aggressive towards him. Then there's her truck breaks down and well, car breaks down and he comes and he gives her a kiss and then he just walks off. It is quite a he does grab her. Mm-hmm. But it's a Clark Gable kind of grab. So, yes, the argument is, do we want to be grabbed like that? I don't know. Sometimes we do, and that's (laughs) the debate. Um, And then this fridge kiss comes when they've finally been on a date, Ah. and she is just talking his ear off at the fridge, and she's very nervous around him. He makes her feel very funny, and he suddenly takes her and kisses her with the fridge door still open. And just leans in. He just leans the fuck in, basically, and does it. And I do think, actually, it's an interesting... um, dilemma now about what what do like you know men are like I don't know how to read the signals, what's the cue, what's whatever. And actually this doesn't come out of the blue. This is a foreseen build up where they've met and they've Mm. tried he's trying to figure her out and she's, you know, etc. So I think that I I can totally see how he could be slightly softer in his approach, Um, but he's also Sam Mm Shepard in an in an '80s movie where he's trying to do his thing. He really was a manly man, and arguably a very difficult. And have you you read Two Prospectors, which is his his letters with his best friend over the course of like twenty? And it's a brilliant book. But you are like fucking hell, You were a difficult, Mm -hmm. you're a difficult man. So I, but I love it as a kind of encapsulation of here is this woman who's just trying to do her thing and she ends up being able to do her thing. Ultimately, she ends up, but, and this guy who really just likes her. There is no (laughs) issues. He's not trying to mansplain anything. He's not trying to say to her, why why did you move to Vermont to make applesauce? You're crazy. Mm. He's basically, from the moment he sees her, he's like, you're great. You're my person. I'm just going to mm. wait for you to realise that. Mm. And I think there's something, weirdly, in the 80s quite refreshing about that. Yeah, she's yeah. not looking for anything other than, you know, uh, what she actually already is on her way to getting. But she's definitely giving him the signs in that movie, yes. in that scene. Yes, She's definitely not, you know, don't kiss me. Right. So, yeah. So that is my... Baby Boom, you know, it's a very flawed 80s movie, but it's got, I think, got a very good message underneath it all. I would agree. Yes. Okay.
1: <laughs> happy to have it. Great. Thank you. All right, this one is kind of obscure, but I'm, I'm, I'm giving it to you in the hopes that maybe you'll see it okay. if you never have. But have you seen What's Up, Doc?
0: Ever? A long, long time ago, so I'm, but I'm, so I'm very happy to be reminded of it.
1: Okay, there's, uh, in the back end of the movie, it's Barbara Streisand and Ryan O'Neill. And it's basically an homage to Bringing Up Baby and all of the Hawks movies of the 30s and 40s. Um, in fact, when uh, there's an apocryphal story that Hawks called Bogdanovich up after seeing the premiere of What's Up, Doc, and said, You left out the leopard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Touche. So, yeah. So, anyway, but there's a huge series of set pieces that make up uh, essentially the third act. It's one long chase, and you've got the two of them. Uh, on one of these carts that, you know, uh, you sell things out of, like a wheel bicycle front with a cart attached in front. So she's sitting on the cart, he's wheeling the bike. And they're on the streets of San Francisco, so of course they're going up and down and back and forth. And there's one moment within this series of set pieces, there is the perfect comedy set piece. I mean, it's just absolutely, I've shown it in every class I've taught, it's almost diagrammatically... Oh perfect. Okay. Because <laughs> the setup is, you see these guys uh, setting up a big plate glass window, and they're all these workmen are carrying this plate glass window across the street. And there's a ladder <laughs> with a banner on it across the street, and uh, very complicated to explain the whole scene, but these workmen go through the scene terrified that all these cars that are chasing Ryan O'Neill and Barbara Streisand are going to break their glass, Right. right? So there's this beautiful choreography of not one, not two, but three cars that are chasing them and lots of incidental jokes that happen along the way. So the whole set piece builds. It gets funnier and funnier and funnier until finally at the very end of the scene, uh, the the workmen are standing to the side of the street, holding the glass. There's one workman on the ladder. He's had cars going beneath and around him, and he's you think he's going to fall. All things are going to happen. Finally, a car goes through the ladder. He loses his balance. He grabs the banner, and of course, it comes off, <laughs> and he goes sailing into the glass. Oh no! So it's one of this like perfect setup perfect payoff and the sequence itself is like truly worthy of study i mean you'll laugh and what are they
0: funny. and and it, and it, they're obviously at, what's their state of their relationship in the in that nothing scene? to
1: do with relationship it's right. pure laughter the idea is just they're trying to get away from the people who are after them
0: right That's but are they in love at think? this point
1: well, they, they, they never quite. He spends the whole movie doing Cary Grant and bringing up Baby, which is, you know, fending her off and not understanding right. that she's after him. And she's convinced, of course, that he loves her. And you know, right, that, right. That's right. the dynamic. Right, that right. They play. So this is just hijinks. Hijinks. But, but in terms of studying how do, you, how do you write a comedy set piece, I would send anybody to look at this movie, and particularly this scene, which I think is two and a half minutes.
0: And is it like, and there's dialogue in it? No. Just music.
1: Oh, dialogue is like, no. And, right. Oh, and, look out. And wait, wait. Oh, no. And, you know, that's all it is. So it's
0: purely, yeah. I, lo- I mean, that's the thing. It's I, I love a purely, um, like, essentially it's a montage then on some levels. It's, it's
1: physical slapstick. Physical slapstick, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's not a montage. Yeah. Because it's a beautifully structured, it's one of these things that obeys the rule of three. Right. Like there's always one, two, and then a payoff. Right. And one, two, and then a payoff. And it does all the things comedy is supposed to do within this framework.
0: Okay, well, you heard it here first. Billy uses this in his masterclass, so... All my classes. All your classes. You're great. to you is the, uh, Jerry's End Speech in Jerry Maguire.
1: Oh my god, what a great moment.
0: Well, you know, so, I re- I've been watching a lot of movies recently, as you can tell. because um, when I write TV, I can't watch, um, uh, I can't watch TV, so I watch film um, oh. when I'm writing... No, no, which way round? I can't watch TV at the moment. I can only watch film, basically. <laughs> uh-huh. So when I was working on Casual, all I was watching was TV, TV. whereas now I'm like, I cannot watch television at the moment, mm-hmm. apart from Succession, which I would always watch. Um, so um, I was re-watching Jerry Maguire, and I I know this is, like, an obvious thing to say, but I was like, this is... I'd forgotten that it's essentially a movie about a man having a nervous breakdown. I mean, that, that's really what, Kinda, what yeah, Jerry Maguire yeah. is. Oh, sorry. Um, that is essentially... He is, I don't know when you last saw it, but he is, Seems it is a dark, dark, dark portrayal of a man that it refuses um, to acknowledge like his own flaws yeah. and, you know, and it's a comedy because of Cuba Gooding Jr. I mean, that's why it's a comedy. Though, right. Those set pieces with him and that's where the comedy comes, but right. everything else is a huge crisis of relationships and romance and all of those things that is not actually that funny but the end speech is so clever because it's a very cheesy speech you know it's mm-hmm. we live in a cynical cynical world right, right. but what Cameron Crowe did with it was he set it uh, at a divorced woman's meeting. So mm-hmm. when Jerry walks in at the end, he already knows all these women because they've been this is the third scene I think with the divorce yeah, thing, so it's the rule be. of 3. Uh-huh. So he comes in and he's like if this is where it's going to happen, then this is, this where, is it's where it's going to happen. Right. Um and we know Renée Zellweger's character the whole way through um is unflinching in her love of him. I yeah. mean, she loves him from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um which again, she is basically Sam Shepard in Baby Boom. She's like mm-hmm. he's my person. Right. I'm just going to sit and wait for him to realize that I am, you know, I am mm-hmm. his. Um, but he, not only does it, it's not only does it take place in front of those women, it has the payback of the you complete me thing. Although when I rewatched it, I realized in the lift when they first, the the deaf um, couple signed to each other, you complete me. And I, and I, I, I suddenly, as I was researching this, I thought, hang on a minute, how does she know sign language? And then you go back to that lift scene and there's this throwaway beat where she just says something like, my favorite Aunt is hearing impaired ah. <laughs>
1: nice good work Cameron. yes yeah. but it's
0: funny because you don't really notice right. it in the moment right. but actually yeah, when yeah. you go back as a writer and go oh yeah, they really yeah. like learn how yeah, to yeah. like you know just That's slide great. that little beat That's in great. there so we know yeah. Yeah. um but it is actually um a very earned speech as well yeah um and he is finally over his existential crisis mm-hmm. and really he's learned his lesson he's his lesson and he has believed in something finally again and it's just a really I just I, when I was rewatching, watching I was just struck by oh like with Lost in Translation, every time I watch this I see something different in it. And you wouldn't expect that from Jerry Maguire necessarily. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just Jerry Maguire, yeah, it's a great fun romantic comedy. No, Actually, no, no, it's a very dark movie on some levels yeah, that right. is about a man finding hope in life again. And Tom Cruise, when
1: I see that speech, he tears me up. Imagine that. Oh, Tom he Cruise commits brings to that. Me- to the brink.
0: I mean, he really commits to that speech as well. And you can imagine another yeah. actor just saying, we live in a cynical, right, cynical right. world, but he takes no, no, that no.
1: pause and he... No, it's a beautiful performance yeah. and it comes in close on it and yeah. it's brilliant. And, and especially the way the end lands because he's running out of... He's, like, starting to stumble, and that's when she says, you have me me at her Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's fantastic. Thank you so much. I love that scene. You're welcome. Oh, God. (laughs) What's your last one for me? I'll take it with me everywhere I go. (laughs) Um, My last one is really for you. It's really for you. And this is the diner scene from Silver Linings Playbook. Ah! But specifically, this one moment within it. So that is
0: just Tabitha having a massive scratch.
1: Yeah. This is when... Bradley Cooper has had the unmitigated gall to claim in his arrogance that she is worse off than he. Right. And she can't believe it. Right. You'll see here, and and we're just going to play a little bit of it so don't worry about copyright, but she, oh, got to get the right clip up. She actually (laughs) rises out of her seat in her Amazed hostility here, and she's got the great line about crazy. That look in yeah, her yeah, eyes.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she's And that like, gesture there yeah, is for you, yeah. Tess Mars. Thank you.
1: <laughs> and then this. Yeah, She sweeps Aggression. everything off the table. I know. I know. It's really deeply satisfying. But her rising up like some kind of demented demon. With her hands at her face and her eyes wide, I don't going, know. About, should because I take, I'm crazy? Should I
0: say this is a compliment? Yes,
1: because to me, I want you to see sisterhood is powerful. This to me is an avatar for you in 2018. I I, I saw that. I thought about the clip. I said, "My God, this is really Tess needs to know that the rage is beautiful." Yeah, you yeah. Know, the rage is fucking gorgeous. I
0: love I love that scene anyway because I think that her. She doesn't even really want to be there, but 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 she's like fine, I'll go on, you know. Right. Like they're both they're both, I mean he more well, so she's
1: interested in me. She's
0: interested in him, but he's but she's definitely um you know, she's going at it in a diff- from a different angle to him, where he's like, sure. I you know my ex-wife, so yeah. I want to get For to you. him,
1: it's totally transactional. Yes. That's
0: all he can Yes. About. Um but and then he orders cornflakes with milk, or so he has like they're meant yeah, to get thinner. Yeah, he dinner. has
1: cornflakes and thinks that's fine. And she and has she's a got tea. tea. and he thinks that's odd.
0: Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Um, but no, I think her reaction. I think the turn of that scene when she suddenly realizes that he thinks he's better than her is uh-huh. her reaction is fantastic. Oh, you, oh, oh, yeah. Well, I'm very happy to always receive a silver lining. <laughs> that movie, you know how much I love it. Or, yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. yeah. In fact, I'm going that's gonna be my Christmas treat to myself. I'm gonna rewatch that. Oh. Um, my final one is from is the final scene from The Graduate oh Um, so I yeah so I picked I picked this because I have turned on the TV the other day and Rumour Has It was on have you ever seen Rumour Has It um, yes yeah okay Rumour Has It is not a great movie let's just say that I love Jennifer Aniston I love Kevin Costner but it's <sighs> the setup. Rumor have it. Rumor has it is that Jennifer Aniston realizes she's always felt uh, like a black sheep of her family, um, and then she finds out that her family were actually the basis for the for the for the movie for the book, The Graduate. Um, so she seeks out the author because she thinks that he might be her real father. Um, subsequently, it's not her real father, and she ends up having an affair with him. I mean, it's and it's so very dicey, it's very very dicey. Anyway. It reminded me of how good The Graduate is oh, God, yes. um, and how many people forget it's a romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, but the final scene, what I really love about it is the fact that it's it's really the template for the run to the church, the run, you know, it's a... It's a fantastic rom-com run for a start you know he shows up and i mean i i don't know how many that came before i know there were obviously lots of sure, runs totally. but it feels like a very pivotal oh,
1: yeah.
0: you know like moment. totally in... what could
1: be what could be more on the nose than running mm-hmm. to the church exactly and then not stopping the wedding he's there too late no to no he wedding. stops it no they've already said i do oh
0: have they yes. oh i oh really yeah Oh okay yeah. well anyway either way he gets he well, that's she, an she runs Bandprog out
1: turns angrily like you're too late oh yeah. when well,
0: i you rewatched know her, i didn't see yeah, that yeah, okay yeah. either way she he's she runs out and runs away i mean i feel like they're going to get it annulled. it's fine um but what I what I like is that it conventionally it's a, it's it is just the run to the church, but it's directed. Mike Nichols does that thing that is right. like it's mm-hmm. almost it's directed basically like a horror movie, you
1: <laughs> yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. These
0: hard cuts and right. these turns and, and like this swinging kind of that swinging that around. exactly. Yeah. Um, but what is so wonderful about it is that we have all of that, and they get on that bus, and then it's that last end hold on them when they both start to go, "What have what, what have, we have we done?" done? Yeah, and. It made me think of you in terms of um, how we always talk about, but this is, it's the end where you're like, we've been through all of this. Right. The whole courtship.
1: Right. And now. And now what?
0: (laughs) And now what? But the hold on it is so poignant. They're so flushed with like, we've done it. We're going to be together. It's all fine. Right. And And then 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 it doesn't, and then it just keeps going.
1: As the story goes, which may be apocryphal, uh, they thought the scene was going to end. Right. Once they were sitting. Yes, I heard that. And Nichols kept the camera running. Right. So actually what you're seeing is two actors with no material. Right. Interesting. (laughs) Who are kind of like, well, you know, what are we doing?
0: Well, I read that Nichols said it was always meant to be enigmatic. So maybe. I
1: think think that's how he got the enigmatic stuff. Right. By simply letting it. Yeah. Play.
0: yeah, well, that is my final one for
1: you. Oh, it's a great um, ending. It's an, a great ending. And I, I,
0: I read a thing that said, well, it's what happens when everything has worked out and you find out that you're just a couple of people sitting on a bus wondering who the hell you and the person beside you are? And exactly. that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Merry Christmas! Merry- <laughs> <laughs> let's um, there's our gifts we've done yes, our gifts so
1: much so much to unwrap and to read well I feel like That's we covered wonderful.
0: actually some good like movies we hadn't necessarily thought about for a while mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and just you know I think it's um, important always to remind people of the ones that they've kind of forgotten about um, that are romantic you know my my total bugbear it's a romantic comedy The Graduate like, yes forget it is so would you like to now tell me or present me with your rom-com of 2018, your favorite romantic comedy of 2018?
1: It's a three-way tie.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I said one, Billy. Yeah,
1: I know. But I, I was thinking about it and I really okay. I didn't want to say one is the best because these three movies to me signify the three trends that 2018 was all about. Okay. And they're each, in a way, the best of their bunch, I think. So my three are... To All the Boys I've Loved Before, Love, Simon, and, despite whatever shortcomings it may have, Crazy Rich Asians.
0: That's a good three. I mean, I have still haven't seen Love, Simon, which I know you're going to be annoyed with me.
1: No, no, no. It's it's Love, Simon I think you'll really enjoy. And yeah. It's, it's a great gay romantic comedy, and it presents that issue in the best possible light. It's a very upbeat story about what is often the most difficult issue imaginable for you know uh, anyone who's coming out, and it kind of crystallizes to me the the sort of the, the welcome mat right for those kinds of movies being made. Well, are those not... are
0: good. Like when all of those three are three very diverse, very interesting. Well, to
1: all the boys, to me is sort of indicative of this whole trend of the new teen rom com that Netflix has now made a gazillion of, some better than others, and does a really good job of showing how that can work. It's actually a very craftily made movie as opposed to some of the others. It's quite good. And then Crazy Rich Asians gave our genre such a shot of adrenaline and such a, it proved once again that a romantic comedy can hold the big screen and now suddenly everyone's wanting to make movies like that. So I'm just grateful to it. Uh, it may have some, you know, issues, but it has some fabulous moments. A lot of laughter, a lot of good fun in that movie. I'm nodding. And people have responded to it, uh, you know, the repeated viewings and just the, the three weekends in a row, etc. We talked about that before. It just shows that you make a romantic comedy that both hews to the older traditional values in romantic comedy and throws a little spin on the ball and gives you a new view of something. You combine the old and the new, and voila, people will come.
0: I'm very happy with those three. I think the fact that you can name three for a start is a fucking miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. That
1: is a Christmas miracle.
0: Okay, my rom-com of 2018 is a TV show.
1: See, I did, <laughs> all right, I'll let you get away with it. But, but you know I what it's going to be. Say casual, myself.
0: Oh, but, not but, really a dram, dramedy, really rom.
1: Well, yeah, there's a lot there's of rom com. It's there. true.
0: It's true. No, but you know what mine is because you told me to. You told me to watch it.
1: Oh, better things. Yeah, oh season two of Better what Things. What a great piece of work.
0: I, so you, I'd watched the, loved the first season That's and then I hadn't quite caught up with the second and Billy said to me, you, you've got to watch the second season because it's essentially a romant, a brilliant romantic comedy. Yeah. Um, I think season two, I mean, it's, it's obviously a bit tricky because Louis C.K. has, is, is, has written and directed a lot of them. Um, but it's really Pamela Adlin's show
1: yeah. 100%. Mainly co-wrote.
0: Yes, exactly. Um, I think he directed a few, but I think she directs the majority of them. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't seen this show, it's it's just a fucking perfect piece of television. It's like every episode is like a vignette of brilliance and and goes against all the normal rules of TV storytelling. Like often, hardly anything. You know, there's not there's not a huge drive necessarily. No, no, no. There's not a huge plot. But, but in terms of the romantic comedy aspect of it, she has. I think, it's, I think it's eight episodes or ten episodes, ten. I think. She has all these little mini relationships throughout the whole thing. Um, she's very upfront about her issues with all of them. My favourite, one of my favourite moments is when she has the panic attack because she realises she actually likes one of likes them. She likes the guy, yeah. Yeah. Um, There's also a brilliant scene um, with a friend who tries to um, get off with her that, culminates in a I think it's about a minute and a half the scene goes on with her just saying the word no and yes, it is yes. genius. Yeah,
1: that whole episode is oh, genius.
0: Oh, so good. And yeah. she's also an incredibly emotional show. I mean, I I cried most episodes yeah, on some level. Me too. Um and I, without any giving anything away there is a brilliant uh, Christine in the Queens for any fans of her ending uh, in the finale. And I think in it does what catastrophe does. It manages to be very personal, but very universal, um, and it manages just to have a, a woman at the at the you know the forefront of the story who is incredibly um, gets in her own way and all the classic sort of things, but she has such real emotion in her, mm. um, and I yeah I cannot recommend it.
1: Yeah, it's, it totally enough. gives you the authentic stuff, you know, and and the thing about it uh, for any men who are listening who kind of don't necessarily know it or are familiar with it I would say it's almost the equivalent of a show like Atlanta in the sense that every episode is an idea yes you know, she's trying something out she's inventing something it's yes very, it's very uh crafty and the best kind of imaginative writing that you can find yeah uh, yeah
0: and that's very that's a very good comparison actually and she
1: by the way we should say is Pamela Adlon that's the auteur
0: yeah she's Bob. 100% the author and of it, yeah. uh,
1: it's just brilliant work
0: yeah okay that's good Oh, I love that show so much. I think about no, it all I want the to watch time. It again. I know, I know, I know. I, I, we, and also, like, yeah, everyone just watch it. It's great. Um, okay, so finally, you said you haven't made any rom com resolutions. Mm Better go
1: first then. I mean,
0: I don't. To be honest, I don't really have a ton. My big thing, and actually, it's interesting in line of what we've just spent the last like whatever talking about, is that I've I wrote down like romance in general needs to feature heavily in my writing and my life. I feel like a return to romance. I've been watching a lot of like romantic movies that are heavier Mm -hmm. on the rom than they are on the com, Uh and I was questioning why I was doing that, and I just felt like. I feel like the world really needs it in mm-hmm. quite a deep way, obviously at the moment. Um, yes. And we obviously still need comedy, and I'm obviously the first person to say that we need rom coms should be funny. But there's something in me at the moment that also really needs to dig a lot deeper.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that's going to be my mission. And to date, younger men—that's just another random yeah. one you don't need <laughs> yeah. to know about.
1: Yes. Um, I'm not going to share that. <laughs> <but>. <laughs> My my resolution actually comes off of yours. Okay, Okay.
0: great. You've thought of one. Okay. Well, yeah,
1: because, and this is true, this is something I've been thinking about a lot, which is uh, um, I've I've reinvigorated my blog um, because I want to be able to just, like, write about things. And when I did that, I realized that what I want to dedicate myself to in the next year is expanding my definition of what is romantic. What Mm -hmm. is romantic? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we tend to kind of cubbyhole it into a sort of a hallmark card, like, oh, it's that certain kind of a kiss under the mistletoe, or, oh, it's that moment where they have the, you know... We can all line up and recite all the clichés of what what we are told is romantic.
0: I think that's a really good point.
1: But I think it's time to really expand the definition of romantic. You can have a romantic moment with a friend. You yep. can have a romantic moment with a work of art. You can have a romantic moment just being outside in the glorious world of nature. I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be Specifically, an intimate moment between a man and a woman that's leading to sex or something else. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think that's also like I was. I realized this script that I was finishing over the summer that I've been working on for you know four years of my life is is definitely very screwball and 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 not as it's way more heavier on the com than it is on on the rom. And then this new one that I'm writing, I suddenly I was like, oh, I'm in a different space in my life now. I'm 41. I'm starting to think like right, what exactly that question like what is romance like that's really why I put baby boom in because she does romance herself. She does some, she packs up and goes and lives her dream in Vermont and makes apple sauce Great. and gets the man any anyway out of it or the woman or whatever. I mean, that's the other thing in the whole heterosexual world of things at the moment. Like you're saying, like I feel like romance is coming in very, lots of different forms these days for yeah. lots of different people. Um, and we all find different things romantic. I mean, yes. at the end of the day, the one thing that someone finds romantic, it can be the absolute opposite for someone else.
1: And it's very much about being present in the moment, right? And it's about enjoying moments to their fullest. Uh, And I think that sometimes romance is, again, thought of as almost a means to an end. You know, like they fall in love. That's romantic. Mm -hmm. And then later they're married and they're trying to rekindle their romance. Those are the cliches. Yeah. But I think it's more what are we in this world on a daily basis encountering that brings out our souls and and speaks to the deepest parts of us and makes us uh, get intimately involved with each other and the world. That to me is the well, it's connection, romance. isn't it? It's like this yeah. is the
0: thing is that I and of the movies that we are talking about and the thing, and the TV shows they are the things that are really making us feel things because I think prior to uh, individual one as I as we're now calling him, <laughs> yes. you know, there was a definite sense that rom coms could just be about you know like problems that aren't really that relevant now you know mm, what I mean mm. and um, and I think now we are looking for more from what we're watching um, what's why the big sick worked so well I think probably would work even better if it came out this year you know on some yeah. levels um, and I think that I really want to up my craft in that respect of of because I definitely can you know I veer on the scribble side I write mm-hmm. you know like comedy essentially that has romance in it um, and the new what I'm doing, and actually I was gonna take a great quote that. Um, so I'm working, as you know, with Scott Frank at the moment, who is, you know, we all revere, and mm-hmm. um, me especially, obviously, because um, I always, I was one that told him that outside was a romantic comedy, so always made I'm me feel good. I'm still getting over
1: the fact that he didn't he realize, didn't realize that, that, Yeah, so but he
0: emailed. I was having a having another meltdown. i like yeah. quite a few. No, I, I, I emailed him and um, was sort of talking him through some stuff. And I think he could tell I was sort of slightly unrevened. Unbalanced. And he sent me this line back that I thought was just so great. Um, And he said, it's supposed to be terrible until it's not. We keep digging and digging. And then one day, out of nowhere, we realize either we just needed to dig a bit deeper or we need to dig another hole over there.
1: Ah, that's really
0: great. I just read that and thought... It's such a romantic thing to say about writing anyway. And it's such a romantic way to view it. (laughs) (laughs) And I suddenly thought, yeah, okay, I get it. I'm digging. And that's, again, like in line with what we're talking about of Mm -hmm. just trying to now say to ourselves, how can we inject into the world? Because we're in charge, you know, it's our job to make people feel better about their lives um, I mean, you know, it's no, we're not asking a lot of ourselves, really, are we? No, not much. <laughs> anyway, great. So, more romance. More romance. A fine romance.
1: And more kinds of romance.
0: More kinds of romance. You know the most romantic thing that happened to me in the last few months? Tell us. Um, is that I got a cactus spine stuck Uh-oh. in my Uh-oh. in my foot. And I lived with it for a week because I didn't... I was like, I don't know what It just hurts. Uh-huh. I don't know what it is. And eventually I went to the foot doctor. Yeah. Um... And he said, oh, yeah, it's really glad you came because this, is, this could have gone either way. I need to, like, make an incision and take this out. I was like, what? Hang yeah. on a minute. I just came here to get it checked out. So before right. I know it, I'm on a surgery, you know, I'm in surgery, essentially, right. having this cactus vine removed from my foot. And he gave me this massive shoe boot to wear home, and I texted my best friend and I said, said what was happening, and she said, where are you? I'm coming. And it was just, she turned up 10 minutes later, got an Uber, drove my car home for me, and I was like...
1: Isn't that romantic? Isn't that romantic? That's my point. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes, that's fantastic. So
0: yeah, so more of that, please. Yeah. Well, um, it's been a great year of doing maybe only five pods or something, but we'll do better next year. That's our actual resolution to yes, do more to next year. to do more year. pods,
1: because there's going to be more, I think, more romantic comedy. The studios are now waking up to the fact that you can make them on the big screen again. I know. Something okay. to look
0: forward to. <laughs> well, this was pod nine of You Had Us At.
1: You Had Us At. Hello. Hello! Have a happy everything and a happy new year.
0: See you in 2019.